Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, midweek Wednesday, absolutely gorgeous day here in the fine city of Chicago. Speaking of gorgeous, Sam Babitsky looking up at the screen. That's not Maria Sharapova, but it is one of the women's tennis players playing in the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament. One of many of the sports stories that we will get to on this particular semi-dysfunctional sports program. The Big Dog is out today, the great Babits, Sam Babitsky in the house with the coach. will play a little bit of music. From our producer extraordinaire, the coordinator of auspices here at thetalkzone.com, David Olson. Once the music ends, we will kick this particular show off and run. By the way, Sam, for all the uh, young kids like yourself out there, we will have CDs available of the music of the talks on it. It should be ready for Christmas, I think, 2016. Any interest? Looking forward to it, yes. <laughs> By the way, I mentioned the uh, TV screens we got here in the office. Very difficult with the, what was it last week? The French Open, right? Right. French Open. Big Dog will be making these uh, you know, tremendous political points. We're going on some historic, not hysterical, but some historical tirade uh, of great depth in opinionation and meanwhile i got maria sharapova up in the finals of the french so very distracting and big heat with joel would get mad at him if anyway i thought it'd be the other way around oh that i'd be watching maria and get distracted by joel <laughs> no not that not that way <laughs> you'd be on the tirade he'd be watching Maria. Ah, okay well it works both ways all right we got sam babitsky the great babitsky in the house we're talking sports here talk zone Com, two guys at a mic show. Phone lines are open if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. First of all, Sam, it has been way too long. Your agent uh, is, must be running a hard show here, but way too long. It's great to have you back in studio, my friend. Coach, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Give the uh, young female fans out there a quick recap since you were on the show, what, about six months ago? Well, it has to be at least six months, I think. We had a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but, you know, a medium supply of female fans and one guy one guy named Earl that uh, were interested in knowing where you've been. So what <laughs> So what have you been doing the last six months? Uh, you know, trying to enjoy the best of summer. Um, obviously finished up high school uh, this past June. Looking forward to Indiana University next year. Um, Woo! Taking my talents to Bloomington, if you, can, if you, mm-hmm. if you will. Graduated high school. Yes, sir. Very nice. Very nice. Headed to Indiana University. Now, you do some radio broadcasting. I do. Uh, with your, our, our, like if uh, Earl or any of the female fans want to listen to some of the tapes, can they go to the high school station, any of the shows archived at all? You know, I think that it's been a work in progress. I don't think that they're all up there yet. Mm-hmm. However, I am available for personal contact because <laughs> I do have recordings of all of my recordings. Ah, okay. So are you available, like, if people want to do a personal sports talk show with just you? Just me. They can, 
<laughs> they can invite you over to the house and uh, you know get one of those little $10 microphones, and you have a great time. All I need is a pair of headphones and a microphone. Beautiful. Beautiful. It should be a good time. Just make sure uh, the, the guy that invites you over, his last name is not Sandusky. I will make sure that, considering he's going to be spending the next... 60 to 448 years of his life in jail. Excellent. Well, congrats on the uh, graduation. That's outstanding. An accomplishment indeed. Headed to Indiana University. Got any Hoosier grads out there who want to uh, pass on some advice to the great Babitz, to young Sam Babitsky? Feel free to call in. We're always more than willing to jump off the sports page. 888-463-6748. It was kidding you a little bit on the way in. Um, you know, I, I think I made the comment, have you looked at the Indiana preseason football schedule yet? You said no, but I did basketball. I did. I, 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 not not into very great depth. Um, all I've been hearing is the team's improving this year. You actually made the comment to me that Zeller decided to stay as soon as he found out that I'm coming to Indiana University. Yeah, which there's so many of the flying Zellers. It is, uh, was it Tyler? Cody, no. I believe. Cody. Okay, so that helps because he was probably, if he would have declared, talking Cody Zeller, the youngest, Excuse me, of the Zeller family, they're all what six ten to seven foot. He was the freshman star for Indiana last year. If he would have come out like so many others for the NBA draft, Sam, roughly where would he have gone? You know, I don't know. It's hard to predict because I don't think a clearer picture would have been made if he actually did come out and participate in workouts for different NBA teams. But mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't kind of puts him. I I, I didn't think he was going to go in the first round. I think there wasn't any doubt he'd go in the first round. Mm, I would disagree. Would you? I mean, I, you know, you you might very well be right, and I, we'll check with our uh, inside sources here, or our NBA uh, experts. But I would think Cody Zeller, if he came out, would be maybe fifteenth. Do you that early? Yeah, I think so. Wow, I think so. He's got that kind of potential. We look at the kid at Illinois, who he's better than Myers Leonard. They're predicting Myers Leonard might be, you know, like a top, top ten pick possible. Yeah, and Cody Zeller's better. Maybe Myers either, Leonard but... has a slight upside over him, but uh, at any rate, he's sticking around, and that'll help your Indiana ball club. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I think it's gonna be a great year next year. I think that just being able to be a part of that atmosphere, being part of the Big Ten atmosphere, and especially in basketball, mm-hmm. it'll be something incredible, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Okay. All right. Well, once a week, maybe as part of our uh, fall show, we'll be checking in with you down at the, uh, you know, we'll call the segment "What's Happening in the Dorm." Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll we'll give make you sure. a, uh, I'll attach a webcam too. Absolutely. Yeah. No, 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 we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. I'm afraid you might do something drastic, and then I might get sued. <laughs> don't want that to happen. But uh, we'll make sure your parents know uh, what time to listen into for that regular segment too. Right. That's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Bitsk, I know from the last time I talked to you, you are a huge Chicago Cub fan. The Cubs are on a roll now. This could be our year. It's not well, yet. don't get ahead of yourself. But. This could be our year. Two wins in a row against the New York Met. More importantly, the Savior. And I kid, of course, but the Savior hath arrived. What do you think of yesterday's game? I think Anthony Rizzo has a lot of potential. Do I think he's going to live up to all the hype? No, because I think that the hype has been set so high for him that it's impossible, virtually impossible. But here in front of the Tribune, they have the second coming comparing Anthony Rizzo <laughs> to Babe that. Ruth. This, this cracks me up a little bit. They got they got opening day. I don't know if you saw it or not, David. Opening game, they got Babe Ruth and Anthony Rizzo. I think, I think they did that tongue-in-cheek. I hope so. I think they did that tongue-in-cheek. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. But I, I think it's yeah, yeah. I think it's making fun of all the hype. Yes, okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give the Tribune a pass on that one. But uh, 
Uh, I watched the last three or four innings of the game. Carlos Marmol, thank you very much for not giving me um, the usual heartache, stomach ache, and just about every other organ ache I can get. He, he walked the first batter again. Hmm, right. Which, you know, I, I go, all right, here we go, ready for the rep, but then next three batters. Big insurance run the Cubs scored in the eighth inning. Big. Though. Huge. Big. When Carlos Marmol was your closer, you can... getting a second run instead of a first, that's oof, that's huge. That is huge. But uh, So I did watch last three or four. I did not see Rizzo uh, get his game-winning double. It was it was a double that could have been considered a single with an error because the fact that it was a clean single, the center field I believe slipped uh, and then made a throw to third, which allowed Rizzo to go to second. Could have been called either way, but Mm -hmm. now his first at bat he got a base hit that was originally ruled an error. It was originally ruled an error. It was a hit to the shortstop who backhanded and just couldn't make the play. Mm -hmm. It was given. It was ruled an error initially. After the booze from the Wrigley Field crowd, they changed it to to, they changed it to a hit. Mm-hmm. Which gave with which made Anthony Rizzo go two for four yesterday. So. All right, so a little favoritism maybe for the hometown kid. I know scorers aren't supposed to do that, but in your opinion, good call. I think hit? I think it was a hit. Okay. I think it was a hit. I think that there'd be right. a very small chance that he was able to get him out and make the throw, but I think I think a good call on the hit. All right, I, I, here's my impression after watching him for three or four innings. First of all, he made three, three. I'm not, you know, they're not. ESPN top ten highlight plays, but three good defensive plays. We've heard he's got soft hands. He showed that, you know, all the pressure being in your first game and everything. That's pretty tough. So he made three real good defensive plays. But overall, Sam, the thing I saw about this kid, Anthony Rizzo, and again, three or four innings, one at bat. But he had the look about him, not nervous rookie, not do I belong, but he had the uh, the WTF, like, why the hell haven't I been here earlier? Yeah. You're damn right I belong. Look, you know what I mean? My, favorite, my favorite comment he made to reporters was, I'm here to stay, which means that yeah. he knows that he has a mentality that he's going to be at Wrigley for the rest of the season. Yeah. And he can yeah. basically look down upon everybody else at AAA right now. Even though he struggled when he got brought up by San Diego last year, so he's got that behind him. But he does not look, and again, it's a short sampling I'm talking about, but he looked like a very confident guy who doesn't wonder if he belongs but knows. He yeah. belong. Pretty impressive for your first game at Wrigley Field. And that's why Dale Swayam thinks that he's going to be a, a leader of this of this 40-man roster coming up. He's had to give him a couple of years, and he expects Anthony Rizzo to be able to very vocal, very outgoing, still still keep his humbleness that he has now, that's but at the same time be a very strong leader, not only in the clubhouse but on the field in productivity as well. It's excellent. Excellent. The Anthony Rizzo era has arrived. Any Cub fans or looking for any level of excitement, folks, uh, you want to check in, talk about it, we'd love to hear from you. Again, the phone number. Or if we got any Sam Babitsky fans out there who just want to say hello to Sam, give him some advice, give him a hard time for not being on the show, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748, the number. Um, I had a salient point I was going to ask you about Rizzo, and now I can't think of what I was going to say. But... um, Oh no no I know what it was on on the on the uh, was it the eighth or ninth inning when there was an argument on the pickoff of Brian uh, not Laher S- Steve Clevenger yeah Steve Clevenger. by the way I like Steve Clevenger I don't like Steve Clevenger not Steve I'm Clevenger. not a Steve Clevenger he's person. he's every he's he's the everyday guy major league ball player it's it's like they took some guy out of the men's recreational forty and over baseball yeah. And put him in a major league universe. Somehow I can relate to Steve Clevenger more than almost any major league. You know what? And, and the teammates like him. Kid's a tough kid. There's something about a Steve Clevenger I like. Uh, at any rate, 
it was a rare moment in time, David Olson. You had two, I don't remember ever seeing this before, two arguments going on at the same time. Both managers were out, right? Yeah. Arguing with the umpire and the, uh, not Houston, but New York Met manager, Terry Collins, Terry right? Terry Collins, yeah. How old is Terry Collins, by the way? I think he's pushing 60, if I'm not mistaken. Pushing 60? Right. I think he's he's pushed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he pushed that car. To, but if he's pushing 60, he looks like he's uh, late late 70s. But, but he almost had the big one arguing that play yeah. at first base. I thought he should have gotten injected already at that point. Because you saw Ike Davis make contact with the first yep. base umpire. He was tossed right away. Yep. Terry Townsend comes out. I thought he gave him a little bit of a shove, too. Regardless, he was on there for a good solid minutes. Mm-hmm. At that point, I think he should have been injected as well. But the well. cameras didn't do a good job. But while Terry Cowell was arguing with the first base. was bit, out because yeah. uh, I, uh, it was Darwin Barney. Yeah. He advanced to third base on the play. Yep. They then sent him back to second place because they ruled out a dead ball. Which but I'm not sure. Call. That was a terrible call. because. Yes. On a pickup the first, the yeah. runner can advance the third. And yeah, but the TVs blew it, David, because they had an opportunity. They did not handle it well, but it was kind of funny because you got one manager just berating the other umpire, and then Dale Swaim argued was like each manager. They did. They, did they even do the split no, screen? They did. They did not. They kind of choked on the moment. It's unfortunate. Yes, that, w- that would have been good. Now Dale Swaim was not. It was not as heated. Yelling, obviously, yeah, but. it wasn't yelling and screaming quite as much. By the way, you bring up Darwin Barney. I uh, like Darwin Barney a lot. I was just going to say, I think the last month he's taken even his game. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he's taken that next step up as a player. He's a great defensive second baseman. Excellent. Not only that, but he can hit the two-hole, which he's been doing a lot. He's been hitting at the bottom of the lineup. I think if you absolutely need him, you can bat him at the leadoff position, too. Not that we need it right now with uh, DeJesus and Tony Campana getting his occasional start, mm-hmm. but... but an all-around player, and I think that he can do a yeah. lot of good things here. Yeah, he, he's a ball player. He's a pure baseball player, you know. And again, not superstar. Doesn't do the sexy stuff out there, but uh, and I'd like to see him hit a little bit more consistently. But he's just a tough ball player. He's smart into the game. He's a nice compliment to Starlin Castro. I know they talked about it. And apparently, there's a lot of contending teams that are looking at uh, one Darwin Barney. And it sounds like you're with me. I'd like for the Cubs to find a way to have Darwin Barney and Starlin. I know they talk about Castro. And Lahair and Anthony uh, Rizzo, but right. I'd love Darwin Barney to be part of that uh, rebuilding program too. I think, and I think he is. I think as a young player, as a young second baseman, it's his second year with the team already. Mm-hmm. I think that the management likes him a lot, yep. Theo and Chet Hoyer. But right. I'm thinking about starting a Steve. Maybe there's already one, but a Steve Clevenger fan club. I'm sure you can find one already somewhere. The Clevenger crazies up in the bleachers. Yeah. I like Steve Clevenger a whole lot better than I like Coy Hill. If you remember, he played, I believe, three or four seasons with us. Yes. In the mid-2000s. Yep. Was then let go, yep. re-signed by the Cubs, because uh, he was in the Cincinnati Reds would, minor I, league program. We, we Terrible lost. pickup. He only lasted about a couple of months. A <laughs> couple of months, and he's back into you the know, Washington. Oh, we got a National special League. guest on the line. Checking in on line number six, it's uh, ex-Cub catcher Coy Hill checking in. Coy, <laughs> say hi to Sam. <laughs> no, I almost... Uh, I had a bad case of constipation a couple of weeks ago, Sam, and it was cured in one fell swoop when all of a sudden I'm watching Cub baseball. And apparently we had, what, like three catchers injured? Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden there was nothing in the paper. I'm watching the game batting eighth for the Coy Hill. I'm like, what? Coy Hill is back? Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's... um, It was when uh, Soto was out, Clevenger was out, Wellington Castillo. Oh, that's the other guy, yeah. Wellington Castillo. Yeah. 
Wellington, can I, would you uh, please throw us a curveball, followed by a changeup, and then I'd love to have a lovely fastball. My name is Wellington Castillo. He's still injured, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. We need Giovanni Soto to hit. I've been saying that for two years. The most underrated, untalked about part of the Cubs taking the next step up is their catcher, Giovanni Soto. Good leader. Good handler of pitchers. But he stopped hitting the ball. He could become a hitter. I mean, listen, he's not the same rookie of the year he was in 2008. There's no way. I don't think he's ever going to get back to that form. I think he had... Upwards of 30 home runs that year. Yeah. Now, if Joel were here, we would bring up the topic, and I'll bring it up with you. Is that possibly a performance enhancing? I don't think so. Is he a suspect? No. I think that, well, if you, if you take a look at him as a suspect, you have to look at Jose Bautista as well. Bautista had 54 home Ooh. runs, 46. Yep. He's back leading the American League. He's got yeah. 24 homers already. Right. And he's on pace to hit. Like, well, yeah, if we're almost at the All-Star break, he's on pace to yeah. up to Well, I will to tell 50, you this. But... If they're both taking the same thing, Jose Bautista is getting a hell of a lot better batch than Giovanni Soto. Maybe even a better batch than Marlon Bird. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, very sad. That's, I, I'm going to give Marlon Bird the uh, benefit of the doubt. I truly am. And I know that's hard to do, but I thought when he was here as a Chicago Cub, one of the nicest guys, yeah. one of the most fun guys. I mean, that's just a guy who just lo- even though the Cubs lost, he just loved being part of the team, loved playing, but totally cool guy. Very cool. He knew he would come out into the outfield uh, and give his little bow down to all the Bleacher fans. Yep. Very classy act, but. Yep. He's not, I don't even think he's appealing his suspension, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, he's admitting that it was in there. It was for a rehabilitation for something. Is he right? okay? I, think yeah. I didn't catch that part. Yeah, so he, yeah, you're right. He's he's taken his punishment and apologizing to everybody, but just a really, really good guy. I hate to see that happen to him. By the way, one other thought on the uh, Cubs. One guy, and again, in the category of underrated, understated, but I think he's been, when I say a key to the Cubs season this year, um, you know, that could be an insult if you call it that because yeah. they've been losing. But the few wins they've gotten, and that's the kid who pitched the eighth inning yesterday, Sean Camp, very quietly has done a heck of a job as a. He's not been terrible. He has not been bad. Which I think is an un- which I think is a very good achievement if you're a Cubs relief pitcher at this point. But. <laughs> wow! One of the wow. consistent not, guys. Though, not been not been terrible is a great achievement if you're a Chicago Cub, huh? I mean, coach, you, just... you look at our bullpen in the beginning of the season. That's all we struggled with. Yeah. Just great starting pitching. I think for at least the first month of the season. Yeah. Uh, bullpen would come in. We get the losses. The pitchers, starting pitchers, would get no decisions. It took Ryan Dempster two and a half months to get a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With uh, when he had an ERA of what about two point ten? Yeah. Well below three. Yep. All right. We'll There's see. There's no reason it was should, it should take three months for a starting pitcher like that to get a win. We will see. Talk a little baseball with the great Babitsky here, uh, coach and the Babitz big dog is going to be uh, possibly David Olson in studio tomorrow. In studio, very impressive. The big dog will be back tomorrow, and uh, of course we'll have the Friday show. We got the NBA draft coming up tomorrow, so we'll uh, make that an NBA draft preview show. Sam, I've spent uh, probably over the last two days, I've done. 18 or 19 different mock drafts. Yeah. Got a lot of spare time on my hand. And, um, you know, I'm all over the board. I guess the big question, everybody knows Anthony Davis could be the number one pick. I think that's a solidified lock. But if you were Miguel Jordan and the Charlotte Bobcat. I go with Thomas Robinson, the guy from Kansas. I think that he complements this team very well. I think that big, flying, athletic guy. So similar to Tyrus Thomas, which I think they should drop immediately, but... Similar to Tyrus Thomas? Sort of. Really? A big, an energetic guy. Power, is he, 
near the athleticism of Tyrus? I think so. Okay. I think there's no doubt that Tom right. Simonson is. All right. Hopefully he's a little bit more, uh, how do I gently put this, head stabilized? Oh, I hope and so. And Tyrus? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. And I enjoyed Tyrus Thomas. I, you know, he's he was a little off kilter and, uh, you know, was still growing up. Young kid, came out of college, didn't have the greatest of direction, but I thought he was basically a good guy, good person. Boy, was he exciting to watch, too. But And I, unfortunately, the last couple of years, I haven't really been able to follow his career, but I know the Bulls took a shot at him and it didn't work out too well. I mean, it wasn't anything they expected, but mm-hmm. he's gone to Charlotte was in the starting lineup for the majority of the season last year, and mm-hmm. he got solid minutes, just the productivity wasn't there, and I think with the Bobcats, that, that's not anything surprising. All right, Thomas Robinson would be probably the safe pick, and Michael Jordan might need a safe pick, and he comes user-ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's played four, four years? I think so. I think, I think you're right on I think that. so. He was a backup. Yep. Backup his first couple of years, that's the kind of talent they have at KU, but... Uh, when they had the graduations of some of the guys that played on that national championship team, he got his opportunity. As a junior, he was very, very good. And as a senior, he was in some polls, anyways, the college basketball player of the year. So he comes user ready. Uh, but probably upside wise, Sam, if you really want to take a chance, you know, some of those younger guys might be tempting, i.e., a Harrison Barnes, mm-hmm. uh, Bradley Beal. Yeah. Freshman shooting guard out of Florida who can drill it from long range. Who's the other kid they're thinking of picking? There's Barnes, there's Beal. I'm missing a guy. Oh, Michael Kid Gilchrist. Right, and that, and that that's who the draft experts are predicting will go to the Bobcats. Mm-hmm. If I'm them, I think that you have DJ Augustine on the uh, on the Bobcats as it is. I think that you go with the Thomas Robinson type of player, but Kid Gilchrist could be a very good pick for them as well, and it's all. Remaining to be seen. Right now, I've heard some trade rumors that Ben Gordon might be going to the Bobcats for some reason. I don't know if you heard this or not, but. I have not. Listen, whatever they can use at this point. I know they changed their jersey colors uh, just recently. I don't know if that's going to help, but. <laughs> All right, well, uh, your anticipation, there's always going to be trades. Yeah. But do you think the, today, tomorrow, the draft day itself, there's going to be more trades than usual or it will be a little quieter? You know, I think it'll. I think it'll be a little bit quieter just because I haven't heard too much going on. I know the Bulls are trying to make some noise themselves. I don't know if you heard about the package that they're talking about, Lou Aldang. Nah, I'm hoping that's a room. Well, what I've heard, I don't. Did you hear the whole package deal no. itself? No, let's hear it. To Golden State for the number nine pick, including Andres Bjorgens and Antonio Wright, I believe. So we would give up Lou Aldang. We'd get the number nine pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Andres Bedrins, he's the skinny dude, about he's six the eight, six nine. He's uh, center. Pretty skilled. Oh, center. Power forward, if not center. Okay, but he has some skill. Right. And who's the other guy? Right, the small forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Lorenzen, right? No. I. You know what? Okay. It could be. I haven't. All right. Well, I, you know, I hate to lose Lou. Uh, what do you think of that? If they. Propose that trade. for the number nine pick. The coach, so many so many opportunities present themselves with the number nine pick. You're looking at possibly uh, Lamb. From I mean, I think at the number nine pick, they even talked about Austin Rivers possibly coming, still being available at the number nine pick. Which of ours is an NBA team? I'd draft um, yeah. Austin Rivers as early as possible. Well, I would say this about the draft picks: it can be fun to get them. The higher you know, the more excited you are. But when you got a guy that's proven. Luol Deng, I mean, you know what you're going to get. But if you think about it, he's not going to see any action until, I think, at least January. All right. The injury is a factor. 
The injury is a factor, but he's a good guy, good teammate, players like him, and I think, you know, on a championship team, if they can find a way to get a second-best player, I, I said this during the Bulls season, uh, and again, Chicago Bulls, NBA fan, talking the draft, you want to check in, Babitsky and the, the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock, 888 By the way, I got my Chicago Sky jersey on. I'm going to go catch a little WNBA basketball with yeah. you mm-hmm. and a couple other associates immediately after the game, supporting the WNBA, not just the NBA. But um, if Luol Deng, Sam, could become your third best player, yep, not your second, but your third, then I think you've taken a step to a championship team. You know I, I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's good. He's very good. I mean, Luol, first, what was it, 10, 15 games of the season? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, we, we were talking about just through 10 or 15 games, he was top five NBA MVP through those first 15. He was awesome. I think when you look at Luol Deng, you look at his durability because he's just so useful down in the clutch. His defense is phenomenal, I think, at this point, and led the league in minutes. I know two years ago for sure, last year I think yeah. he was one of the leaders as well, but. Just the fact that you can use him down big in the stretch for not only his defensive purposes, but because you know that he's poised to play in long games, uh, to be in the game for a long time and still have the same endurance that he would in the first quarter and then he did in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Nah, well, 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 yes, David. Well, I was just going to point out the fact that the Bulls need to do something. Yes. Because I don't know if you heard the latest rumor with Miami. No. That uh, Ray Allen's going to be signing. That's what him. I did here. I heard there was mutual uh, interest between yeah, the two. For a, you know, for the Bulls, that would not, for a young team, not a good pickup for Miami. That's a great pickup. Absolutely. Absolutely. My only question with that is, what would he play? Where? What, what position? He's not going to play. He'll come off the bench as the two guard. Ray Allen coming off the bench, I don't know. If... He would He wants. He would do it for another title, he says. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't need to start in this time of his career. He, he would be very similar. Um, hello, who was the Bulls player? Who? Oh, uh, Rip Hamilton. Yeah. They would treat Ray Allen just like the Bulls treated Rip Hamilton. Limited minutes. They'd play him sporadically during the season. Doesn't need to start. He's got his, you know, his ego is well in check. Ray Allen, pretty cool guy. And they would rest him, and they'd have him for the um, the playoffs. A scorer off the bench, clutch scorer. I think. If, is, is there any doubt that Miami Heat would win another championship if Ray Allen was on the bench? Yes. Yeah. Is there any doubt? Yes. They're the favorites coming back. Oklahoma City's loaded. Would the pickup of Ray Allen, uh, you know, make him a little bit more favorite? Yes, but but any doubt? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I got I got to throw a little bit of doubt in there, especially if Derrick Rose come comes back healthy. But uh, if Luol Deng, I'll go back to that again. If you can find that number two star via trade, maybe draft. Mm-hmm. But if you can find that number two star and Luol Deng becomes as a, as a number two guy, the Bulls still were one of the best records in the NBA, right? Right. So he's that good. And you could survive with him being your number two guy. I'm just saying if they could find that second star, and I don't want Dwight Howard, thank you very much. And if You're Luol, one of those that don't want Dwight Howard? Nah. Why not? Nah. What can he possibly do that's not? I just, I, I don't like his attitude. It would, it would almost it would be too easy picking up Dwight Howard. I want the Bulls to. And what the Miami Heat did was was yeah, easy. I, I don't want to win that way. Well, win what way? They won fair and square. Huh? I mean, they won. Well, one could argue. I'm not sure it was fair and square. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know how the financial game is played in the NBA, but under those rules, 
yes, but there was some gray area there. In the spirit of competition, the true spirit of even competition, I had some issues with it. But see, you're a young kid. You've grown up in this culture. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, I, I do think if Dan could become the Bulls' third threat, their third score, he would be a great third threat, and that's the type. And, again, we would take you from a very good team, I think, to a championship team. Now the trick is finding the uh, that second superstar, and John Scherner will be there for the pick for him at the number 29 choice, Sam. I think there's no doubt John Scherner would be there. <laughs> but with that. He's, he's not the second superstar? No, I don't think so. <laughs> My my only question with uh, what you said about Dwight Howard was that coach he comes in play in place of Joakim Noah and I think that if you somehow do happen to sign him but he's a double double guy automatically and that's something that they need down low presence as of right now mm-hmm. his attitude is a whole different story I mean yes. I think that there's no doubt that he's had his issues in in uh, Orlando got Van Gundy fired but t- t- to me he'd be a very good pickup. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people will agree but, as well. Uh, last check, it's, that's not going to happen, right? He's no. not available anymore? No, I don't think it's going to happen. I was saying hypothetically, if we were talking about a couple months ago, a few months ago, mm-hmm. when he was still figuring out whether or not he wanted yeah. to stay with the winner. I don't know. Somehow, if we found a way to pick up Dwight Howard and Rose came back healthy, would almost, I know this sounds ridiculous to me, would almost cheapen the championship. Too easy. Too easy. I want to win it the hard way. I know that's a completely ridiculous well. statement, but it doesn't matter because we're not getting Dwight Howard. That's true. So Another gotta, name that has been floating around, uh-oh. which is a possibility, Brandon Roy coming back from the Ah, Minnesota. now you're attacking. Would you like Brandon Roy? Love me a Brandon Roy. You know, remember Patrick Roy, the goalie? R-O-Y, he was called Patrick Roy, so I call him Brandon Roy. But yes, I do love Brandon Roy, the kid out of Washington who retired last year. He did retire last year because of chronic knee injuries mm-hmm. that don't seem to be so chronic anymore. But now he wants to come back? Yeah. Oof. Boy, if he could somehow find a way to dechronic those knees, yeah. I would take Brandon Roy in a heartbeat. How about you? Oh, of course. I think Brandon Roy is a seasoned veteran. I think that at a two-guard, he's going to do a lot of great things. I don't know how Rip Hamilton's going to feel about this, and that's that, that's my only issue with it, but I would not mind seeing Brandon Roy. All right. All right. I don't how think many of well. you... Uh... You know, in the privacy of your own room upstairs late at night, have you done any mock drafts yourself? Come on. Feel free to admit it. Have I done any? No. Have I looked at a ton? Yes. You have not done a full mock draft? No. I'm I just highly not... suggest it. It's a really a therapeutic experience. That's what I was going to ask you if, if you got it's a little bit of relaxation. In. It's yeah. cleansing. You get to that 30-second pick, Sam, and you complete round one of a mock draft. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's cleansing. That's all I can say. I'm going to take you up on that offer, though, and see if and, I can you know, get And it's done. a legal activity. You won't get in any trouble with it. I highly recommend that. I've done 18 or 19, probably do two or three more today, NBA draft tomorrow. David Stern shaking hands with a lot of large, well-dressed people, very few of them which uh, speak English. Always one of the highlights of the uh, first round of the NBA One of the ones draft. I liked is that Jared Sullinger was not invited to the NBA draft. Who? Jared Sullinger. Oh, yes. Tell the uh, fine fandom why, the kid out of Ohio State. You know, Coach, I was going to ask you why. I don't see a reason for why he wasn't invited well, to the draft. I was going to ask you draft. what. Well, then we have a problem. <laughs> when you say not invited, you're talking about like the green room, right? Right. Where they which, which, which they predict he won't go in the first round then. Right? Because or late. Very late. Or late. Apparently, it's uh, not skill level wise. He went now. By the way, here's a guy that if he would have come out two years ago, here's an argument for not. You know, everybody, oh, it's great that he's going back to college, playing for another year, going to help the university for one more year. How many millions of dollars 
Did he forfeit just by doing that? Did Jaron Sollinger forfeit by doing it? Because he would have been top three. Oh yeah. But I think playing his sophomore year, and he, you know, they had a great season. I fully encourage. It was great to watch him play. I'm glad he came back. Yada yada yada. But strictly, from a money standpoint and his worth, I think the more he played, Sam, people, you know, it's one of those things. The more you drive a car, the more you can feel all the little things that aren't working right. And I think the more people watched him, the more, you know, people started to question, is he big enough? And, you know, he's a six, seven post guy, doesn't really have any uh, perimeter skills, so to speak. All he does is win and score points and rebound. But now add to that, and the answer to your question is I think he's got a bad back. Right. I know that he has back issues, but yep. if you're an NBA team in the bottom of the first round, I don't know if you if you want to take that chance with a Jared Saunders type I of guy. I think I would. I think I would, too. Yeah, he's a player. Winner, player, tough, can score. I'm trying to think. He could be a little bit like an Elton Brand, which is pretty good. Elton Brand, he slipped a little bit, but his yeah. first 10 years, 15, 16 a game, 8, 9 rebound, nothing wrong with that. No, of course not. And I don't know, if he's still going to be at the round, if he's still going to be around by the end of the first round, I don't know if the Bulls want to take a look at him. Ah, I don't I like know if he it. worked out for them or not. I likes it. I don't think it'd be a bad pickup. Be a good choice. He would look very good wearing the red, black, and white. All right, we'll move on. But the NBA draft is tomorrow. We'll talk a little NBA hoop with the uh, big dog. Joel wants is probably the reason he's taking the day off today, Sam. Joel's probably on uh, the privacy of his own home doing some mock drafts right well, now. Yeah. Yep. Probably analyze. He probably didn't feel comfortable coming on the show without knowing all the European players. Right. <laughs> By the way, uh, speaking of which, one real quick point: the Bulls. And I forget the guy's name. They have a great European player who are waiting in the wings, not next year, but maybe the year after. I did hear about that, yes. Yep. Um, his name is slipping my mind right now, but I think they're going to keep him. Where is he? I'm trying to remember. Well, you mean we, what country are you from? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember either. But they drafted him last year. Yeah. I think they're going to give him a couple of years to come Yeah. In. So this is a good Ricky Rubio. Right? Not a Ricky Rubio. Well, no, but I'm saying Ricky not, Rubio not, well, yeah. this... waited two, three years, came to the NBA. He was phenomenal. Until he went down with an ACL. Loved but... watching him play, and then he got injured. Yeah, dude. Is Nikola Marotic? Right. Is that the guy that, you're that, I was going to say Nik- Nikola something. Nikola Marotic, which I think in German means waiting in the wings. Yeah, but that sounds right. Yeah, but he's going to be good. So the Bulls rebuilding, unfortunately... You know, our, our step up the ladder, the gradual move to the championship took a couple of hits. The biggest of which is Derek Rees' nose. Derek Rose's knee. <laughs> what did I say? Derek Rees' nose? Yeah. <laughs> Derek Rose's knee. But um, we do have this kid. So if they can get a good draft choice, maybe top it with another good draft choice next year, you start to rebuild a little bit. Jimmy Butler. He's I like play Jimmy a Butler a lot. I'm a big Jimmy Butler guy. Yeah. I mean, whenever he came in, similar to our comments we made about Anthony Rizzo of the Chicago Cubs, that's a tough situation for a Jimmy Butler to come in. If, you know, a regular Bulls team, they're winning, succeeding. He's a young rookie. He came in. But what I was impressed with Jimmy Butler, he came in, did not play scared. No, not at all. I mean, the, the limited minutes he did have, I think he proved himself a lot with them. Yeah. I think that Jimmy Butler did a great job yeah. of coming in late in the fourth quarters. By the way, did you see the picture in the paper today with the... Uh, they got. The, I did. I, I, I did see this. They got the picture of NBA 2K13. Uh, who were the three stars in there? My eyes are bad. 
I think it's Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and Derrick Rose. Never heard of those guys. Who are they? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> and then they got the Bulls, two K thirteen. Yeah. For next year, and it's Lou Aldang on the in bench. a sport coat yeah. on the bench. Is Derrick Rose in a sport coat? Both of them looking extremely spiffy, by the way. Yeah. D Rowe dresses up extremely well. Uh, on the sitting in a chair on the bench, and then the third person is Tom Tebow, stomping the ground, fist pounding down in total anger, which. Unfortunately, it could be the way he looks a lot the first half of next season. Some things I saw was that Tom Thibodeau has the worst personal life, social life that you will ever find of any other coach. Yeah, do you have or any, uh, any insights on what what goes on behind the scenes with Tom Thibodeau? Not married, no no children. Does he even go out and about? Does I don't think so. I don't. That, that's not what I've heard from all the players that have come out during yeah. the season and gave some kind of interviews when they were mm-hmm. in opposing towns. You know, the players would get right. together, go out to dinner. Tom Thibodeau not not would not budge. We got to do a uh, something like a you know a win a date with Tom Thibodeau contest. Something like there's got to be a female in the city of Chicago ready to land a Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Twirling that last suit, just waiting for the opportunity. Coach, nope. I don't know. I don't know what kind of a coach you are. I mean, I know what kind of coach phys, uh, on the on the court you are. Are you the type of coach that if it goes on an out of town tournament, do you come out with the guys the night before? Or are you one of those ones that sit quietly in the hotel room and study film? Well, it's it's different because I'm coaching young kids. So even though I don't want to be out, I almost have to be because uh, assuming there is other parent parental supervision oh, available. Yeah, you know what? I I don't need to be out and about. I mean, I'll go to dinner, but not stay out late. Yeah. So yeah, I, I go the Tom Thibodeau route, yeah. especially in my late now. If you would have asked me that question 25 years ago, different answer. But now. If the parents are there, let them supervise. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. 888-463-6748. The great Babitsky. Sam Babitsky, recent graduate, Glenbrook South High School in the house, headed to Indiana University. By the way, David Olson, Glenbrook South. Uh, in the Olympic story a little bit because they have a young lady. Sam, I'll let you talk about it. But the uh, Olympic track and field and swim qualifying is going on right now. It's actually good theater. Good TV if you get a chance to watch the dreams of some of these guys. I know it's fun to watch the Olympics, but we forget how much, how big it is to make the Olympics, and that's what they're battling for. But uh, young lady from GBS, Olivia Smoliga, yeah. I mean, I've heard her, I've heard she's been in the news a lot. I did not get to catch her actual race. I don't know if you did or not. I saw the quarterfinal. What's her name? Olivia. Olivia Smoliga. Smoglia. Smoliga. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they butchered her name on the TV, too. Did they? Yeah. 17 years old. High school junior. Well, senior now, but... Yeah. Now she's a senior. Yeah. But hadn't even started her senior year. High school junior, and she qualified for the Olympic trial. Now, there's another similar to her age, Missy Franklin. I did not hear about her so much. She's the superstar. Is she? Yeah. She's going to be, you know, the um, the number one name, the Michael Phelps, if you will. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on her but she's been a big name since she was age 15 but what a cool moment david yesterday this olivia smoglia is swimming in a qualifying heat next to natalie coughlin the olymp the longtime yeah. olympian yeah who she she said was one of her heroes growing up here she is a 17 year old swimming in the same lane and she beat her and she beat her. She beat out Natalie. Both of them qualified but yeah. actually beat her natalie kaufman comes over to congratulate her. what you forget when you watch on TV, you think these are all, you know, veteran, sophisticated, mature people. 17-year-old kid. What a thrill. And uh, you know her, Sam. Apparently in school reputation, 
Oh, yeah, totally. she's all over. Well, not only that, but she's dating uh, Mr. Max Zabriskie right now, who I know you know as well. Who? Mac, the quarterback. Max Zabriskie? Mm-hmm. I didn't need to know the dating situation well, of everything. I'm saying if... if Usually he's the one in the, in the kind of shining, but he's a little bit under her shadow as well now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's attitude-wise, not a cock, a very... I don't know her personally. Okay. I know that she's a great uh, great athlete. I know that captain of the swim team... Mm-hmm. I think that there's no doubt that she's going to have a successful senior year. If if it even comes to she's going to be able to swim the senior yeah. year because All of her. Right. Well, you know, you know, the people that listen to this show know that I'm a regular uh, taper and DVR of sporting events. The track and field and swim qualifying has been on. Mm-hmm. The recording machine. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching some of the competition. Boy, there's some track and field athletes that our fans are going to love once the Olympics starts. Kid named McQuay, a uh, middle distance runner. or Actually, he runs the 440 out of Florida. A distance runner by the name of Galen Rupp, who is a uh, just an average-looking guy with the big ears, white kid. Doesn't uh, you? You'd think he's like a chemistry student or something. But oh goodness, is he a good distance runner? He can put it on at the end. Uh, a couple of sprinters that are, are phenomenal, of course, uh, Tyson Gay and um, Justin Gatlin, mm-hmm. both qualified. I'm trying to think of some of the other names. Sonia. Justin Rich. Gatlin's a little, in a little bit of hot water right now. With because the, of the comments that he made about the uh, women qualifying. Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, two women, I believe, tied for the qualifier. Oh, yes. That I did hear. Justin Gatlin came out and made a sort of a sexist comment in regards to how they should figure out which one of them gets oh, to qualify. you kidding. No. Something that involved mud wrestling. So I'll let you, I'll let you yeah, figure that one out good. on your own. Not good. Not good for Justin Gatlin who's just getting over the whole... Yeah. Steroid thing, because right. he was suspended for, for a while. For the 2008 Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They keep your mouth shut, Justin Gatlin. But the, what, what he's talking about is two women. Now, they've got the most sophisticated technology for timing imaginable. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's unbelievable. Dead tie. They couldn't break it. They watched it over and over and over again, every technical thing, down to the point zero zero zero. However far you go, dead tie. So they got to decide for the third spots, for third place. Yep. And they're talking a coin flip. I don't know what they're talking. I know what Justin Gatlin suggested, but yeah, yeah, we we won't throw it out to our fans to make a suggestion either. But uh, coin flip, um, a runoff. Yeah, my suggestion would be why don't they just run it again? Be pretty cool. What I'm hoping is they're running the 200. I think today. Mm-hmm. What I'm hoping is if one of those two girls qualifies in the 200. Now this this is a great. What would Babitsky do here? And I'll throw it out to you too, David Olson, our listeners. As well, 888-463-6748. Let's say you qualify in the 200. You've made the Olympic team. But you love the 100. I mean, the 100's a marquee event. You tied for third. The girl you tied with, it's her only chance to make the Olympic team. You're in. You made it in the 200. That's tough call, isn't it? Do you give her the spot, or do you say, you know what, I want to... That's tough. Yeah, that is tough because it's like you want to be a good person, yeah. but this is the Olympics you're talking about, and yeah. you yourself have worked your entire life to get to that point. Yeah, but you're in already in the 200. But yeah, but then you got you've got two chances for Olympic glory. Yeah, you know what I mean. And to make it tougher, I think the two of them train together, and they're good. For, it wouldn't be so tough if you didn't like the other person. Oh yeah. But they train together, coached by the same guy, and they're you know I don't know about best friends, but good friends. Oof, that's hard. It hasn't happened yet, but that's what I'm hoping is if one qualifies in the 200, they'll let the other one go in the 100. At I, any rate. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, real quick time, uh, move it along. As you know, Sam, in a one-hour program like this, 58 minutes, 22 seconds to be more specific, got to keep moving along. But Euro soccer, I know you've been following that a little bit. A lot of fans over in the uh, – well, we got a few here in the United States, not that many, but many in the six other continents that our show broadcasts out to. Don't forget you're being heard mm-hmm. right now in seven different continents. And hopefully uh, parts of Wilmette and Evanston, too. Yeah. Although the signal sometimes struggles to get out there. Eight <laughs> 888-463-6748. But uh, you've been watching a little bit of the Euro soccer world. I have. I have. Down I've to watched. the final four now? We are. I saw a good portion of the quarterfinals. Not so much in the preliminary rounds, but um, we're looking at Portugal, Spain going today. Uh, Germany, Italy going tomorrow, I believe. I have an early prediction that I'm going to see, we're going to see uh, Portugal, Germany in the, in the uh, finals. Wow. I think I see, I see Portugal taking it. That would be not a major upset, but it would be Spain's the favorite. Are they? Spain, Spain, is, champs? Spain is a very slow team to watch. I don't know if I enjoy their style of play, but yep, yep, I agree. Uh, uh, precision passing. You have to respect their skill. Talking about the Spain team, but they don't attack a whole lot. No, they don't. It's pass, yep. pass, pass, possession game. I don't know who to root for. I, I like Italy and Germany better, the two other teams. Because Portugal, they're fun to watch, but that Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah. Don't like him. Yeah, you're not a fan. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. I mean, you, you know, he scores a goal. Scores a goal. Uh, what was it? The first or second goal of the game. His teammate makes a beautiful pass to another guy who breaks down the right sideline, bumps off one guy, fights his way back up, keeps his balance, fights by another guy, Battling to the corner makes a tremendous, not hooking, yeah, hooking uh, pass into the center zone. Ronaldo is right there. A nice play by Ronaldo. He makes the uh, the header for a goal. It was a good play. But meanwhile, the forward who battled all the way down the field through two different guys, barely keeping his balance, makes the phenomenal pass. Ronaldo scores the goal. What does he do? He runs away from his teammates. Over to the fans, he starts doing some weird signs to the fans. I'm not sure what that was. And starts blowing kisses into the uh, the ESPN camera. I mean, how about congratulate your teammates first? Celebrate with your teammates. And then if you want to ham it up a little bit, but especially the guy who did all the dirty work to get to the ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just Ronaldo who does this, particularly in soccer. I think it's a lot of players who kind of run over to the sideline in pure emotion and... Mm-hmm. By the way, there is a warning based on, I don't know if you watched, and I brought this up a couple of days ago, uh, Eric Spolstra, who I believe puts the same stuff in his hair that Cristiano Ronaldo does. Yeah. When they pour the red Gatorade, whatever that red dye is, over Spolstra, did you see that moment? I did. Many people were caught up in the celebration. I, with my uh, uh, somewhat deceivious chemical background, I noticed the reaction as the red dye hit whatever Eric Spolstra puts in his hair. There was like a gaseous substance coming out from that. <laughs> and apparently a good part of Section 14 right nearby got sick after that. So same thing. If Portugal does win, I highly recommend you. Know, the green, I think you'd be okay. Yeah. But that red dye over Ronaldo's hair with that, it could be dangerous. Yeah. Just putting a warning out there. I did think that. I was meaning to ask you this. Um, Michael Ballack on an ESPN analyst. Michael Ballack, if you remember, 2008 captain yes. of the German team. Yes. I've gotten a lot of mixed reviews about that. Uh, you won't get any mix from me. You're not a fan. <laughs> There's nothing mixed. I love him as a player. Yeah. Love him as a player, but as an analyst, whoop. 
And part of it is, I think, the language barrier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's just not a smooth... Po- Alexi Lalas? Alexi Lalas is very good. That's, that's my new man crush. Who's the third guy? I don't know the third he's guy. He's good, too. Taylor Twelman. I didn't know who that was. Very good. They need to give him a little more TV time. Who did he play for? He was, a, I think, an MLS star, college star. I don't know that he played on our U.S. Olympic or World Cup teams. But I remember the name. But he's very good as an analyst. He is. But, uh, I, I like Michael Ballack personally because I, I I just had I liked him so much as a player that I think that bringing him yes. to ESPN was yeah it was a gamble for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you you got to bring that for, you know that ex player in yeah someone who just recently played and give you the foreign aspect too so yep. it does make it more legit but it's been a bit of a struggle but Lexi Lawless Lexi Lawless is very good love that guy love that guy outstanding all right Euro Cup is right there for you any soccer fans you want to check in always willing to talk a little. Uh, Football here on the two guys at a mic show, triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. Got a couple of angry emailers coming in, but bit saying that hey, you talked about the Cubs. But what about in capital letters our first place Chicago White Sox? And we do apologize. We did a little baseball talk. We got all caught up in the Anthony Rizzo enthusiasm, but the White Sox are in first now by a game and a half. Beat Minnesota yesterday three to two. I know you're not a Sox fan, mm-hmm. but you don't root against them, do you? Or do you? It's one of those things where my view is that if you're a diehard Cubs fan, you also have to dislike the White Sox to a certain extent. Because to me, some of my friends are, yeah, well, I'm a Cubs fan, but when the Sox are playing on TV, I root for them. That's not the case for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just such a diehard Cubs fan that I think that you can't go both ways in this case. Right. But I do like their pickup of Kevin Euclid a lot. Yep. I think Euclid is a obviously a very seasoned veteran. Um. Who do they have at third base? Nothing productive all season long. Brett Morrell. Well, would you rather have a Kevin Euclid or Brett Morrell? Right, right now, Kevin Euclid. Well, yeah. Brett Morrell, very good with the glove. He has just struggled to hit the ball. You'd like to give him one more, one more opportunity for the kid to see if he can hit because he looks like a major league ball player. He's got the, you know, the cut of the jib. He's got the... You, you just see that potential there, but he's had a couple of runs now where he just struggling to hit the ball. I think the White Sox will give him one more shot. But you're right, the Euclid pickup was a... I like the pickup a lot, yeah, for, yeah, especially for what they gave up, Stuart and Lillibridge. I like him, too, Yeah, as a fifth outfield. Well, how did you say fifth? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. again, I go under the aspect of if you want to have a championship-type team, I think if Brent Lillibridge is starting for you, that's a reach. And I love the kid. Plays great defense, timely hitter. I think if you're a fourth outfitter, it's okay. But if he's your fifth outfitter, just like with the Cubs, I love Tony Campana as a fifth outfitter. I like him as a fourth, if not a third. I think Tony Campana should see action on a daily basis. Coach, speed kills. You know that. Yeah. When he gets to first, you, I think he automatically assumes that he's going to third within yeah. the next uh, seven or so pitches. Mm-hmm. I would not, even though I was about to make the comment as a fifth outfitter, I would not totally disagree. Because he does add some scintillation, if I could use that word, mm-hmm. to the Cub lineup when he's in. I yeah. do. I, he just He's so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. From first to third, very quick. Can lay down a sack bunt very easily. I you're, like him a lot. If you're the best way to if you're the opposing team, would you rather see Tony Campana in the lineup or David DeJesus or Jeff Baker? Well, you'd rather see Jeff Baker. 
you're more likely to see David Jesus, but I'd like to see Tony Campana. Yeah. So but but I, I think the opposing teams are, are happy when Campana's not playing because right. he's disruptive. Very. Yeah. Hey, Coach, I was actually um, – I just came back from Arizona the other day where I got to catch the Cubs game on a Friday night at Chase Field. Nice. What field? Chase Field. Chase? Mm-hmm. What happened to the ball, the Bankyard Ballpark? Uh, they changed the name of it. Ah. It's the same thing. It used to be I called think. the Bob. Bank yes. One, Bank One Ballpark. Yes. Yeah. All right. So now it's Chase Field. It is. All right. That's where the All-Star game was last year. I don't know if you guys cool. like, see any of that. but I wasn't. Very cool ballpark, Coach. Very cool. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you saw the All-Star give game. Me, but give me some of the cool parts of it. I've seen it on TV. Obviously, I have not experienced it. The big thing is the pool in right field. The home run pool. Um, just the very, that, that wasn't you doing the backstroke in the sixth inning wearing the uh, flowered boxer shorts? No, I was in there during the fifth. Okay. So. Just I'm going to talk about the game itself rather than the stadium. Uh, first batter up, Reed Johnson lays down a segment to third base, gets to first. You know, it's one of those things that I think Tony Campana can bring, as well as one of the speedy guys on top. Reed Johnson, I like a lot. Are you a Reed Johnson fan too? Was. It's it's wearing off. Really. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the throw and I, I like a blue collar ball player. Still made the greatest catch that I've ever seen. You still think it's the one where you robbed Prince Fielder? People ask me the greatest catch. I know I've seen some guys dive over the or uh, you know at the fence and make some phenomenal plays, but I think the Reed Johnson, you know, the one I'm talking about, the Prince Fielder robbing him of a grand slam. Was it Prince where he yeah. his head goes slamming into the wall? Into he's r- racing into left center field, dives just all out sprint, dives for the ball. Makes the catch with his arm outstretched, head first dive, and his head goes into the. He could have killed himself. Oh yeah, yeah. But at any rate, um, so I like what he stood for and all that. But but it, but the the Reed Johnson love is wearing off. Anyhow, get back to Bank One Ballpark now. Chase Ballpark. Just, it's just one of those places where you like to go see baseball. I know you know me. I'm not a I'm not a Wrigley Field fan. I'm I'm one of those newer modern type ballparks better and actually recently Miller Park was voted the best ballpark in MLB. Still haven't been there. Go to need to go. to say that. You need to go to Miller Park. Yeah, it's totally worth the drive. Yeah, it's, it's totally yeah. worth the drive. It's a fantastic ballpark. Totally. Somehow I got to get up to Summerfest and Brewer Stadium at the same time. See now, Summerfest I I went every year for about a decade, starting when I was in college, yep. and it just got too big and too crowded. Now I don't even bother going anymore. It's just it's it's too many people. I'm actually giving it a try this Saturday for the first time. I'll be going up there. Give but... me a scouting report because I haven't gone in like 30 years talking about the Summerfest musical I... celebration up in Milwaukee. Well, it's my first time there too. I don't even know what to expect. Okay, but when you come back, I need a scouting I report because I haven't been in a long time and I do have a desire to go. It's a lot of fun, but too crowded now, huh? Yeah, I thought so. I just, you know, and maybe it was partially age too. You know, something no, you enjoy. Yeah, something Couldn't. you enjoy when in your early twenties. Once you get in your thirties, it's yeah. like, nah, screw this. <laughs> but um, another thing, if you go, if you go up to, uh, if you go up to Miller Park, make the day of it and start stop by the Milwaukee Zoo. Fantastic zoo, underrated. Not underrated. It's it's very highly acclaimed. Okay. So yeah. it's worth it's it's better than right. it's better than Brookfield or Lincoln All Park right. for sure. Got to do that. Coach, are you a zoo person? Am, uh, am I a zoo person? Mm-hmm. Yes, love the zoo. Do you? And you, you go zoo. you go right by the zoo to get to uh, the ballpark. Cool. I like it. I need a Milwaukee uh, adventure this year. You'll let me know how Summerfest is. I will, I will. Yeah, and maybe, uh, you know, take the four girls you're going with and go to the zoo as well. Well, 
score some points with some of the females. All right, Babitsky, great to have you in the studio, my friend. And uh, the rest of the summer before you go to Indiana, in about uh, 36 seconds, what will you be doing? Uh, I think I'm just enjoying, I think I'm laying low this summer, doing some umpiring on the side, which I know that you and I talked about a little, umpiring? A little bit. Yeah. For who? Glenda Youth. Very nice. Um, I already did two games that went sort of well, but um, a lot of a lot of re- relaxation and meditation, as you would say. Right. I umpire softball. I, I, umpiring baseball, first of all, I don't like to wear all the equipment. Yeah, that's part of. And then the baseball game's too slow, so I have full respect for you. It's got to be a tough job. Softball, I enjoy because I can get the like. Last night I'm out there umpiring. Beautiful night. You get the fresh air. Get a little exercise running out to the bases and stuff, but. Uh, that's great that you volunteer your time and do that. Well, I wouldn't say I'm volunteering, but <laughs> Oh, they pay you? Oh yeah. Nice. They do pay me. Nice. Beautiful. But Bits, thanks for coming in today. Coach, we'll, thanks uh, for having me. It's always a it's always a good time. Thanks for being had. All right. Uh, the big dog will be in the studio tomorrow. The two guys at a mic show back at you. We hope everybody has an outstanding day out there. Don't forget tomorrow. Ten o'clock. Don't be late. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thank you so much for your outstanding work. We'll see you tomorrow.